In the story, The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, Dorothy um, wants to get home from Oz. And so she's told at the very end, if she clicked her heels three times together, magically, poof, she would return to Kansas. So she does, and she gets back to Kansas. Now, uh, is it a dream? Is it a nightmare? Is it a reality? Whatever. It's Oz. And if you use this as a metaphor for in life, especially in our relationship with God, and think that by clicking our heels or lighting a candle or saying a blessing that everything gets fixed, it just doesn't work that way. Our faith is not magical. It's deeply, deeply, deeply spiritual, but it's not magical. And I think a far better metaphor is what is expressed in the Scriptures today, and I'll put it this way in just a phrase. God's got your back. He's got your back. No matter what you go through life, if you turn to God at your deepest levels, deep within your spirit, and seek God, you'll find a way. You'll find a way. Because our spirit is huge, and our connection with God, it's the God of the universe. It's huge. The universe is, the universe is on our side. God fills the universe, and he wants for his people. If you really believe that, you'll find it. Now, in the Scriptures today, we hear that beautifully expressed in the first reading from Isaiah, and the prophets in general spoke it. They spoke about God watching our back. And in this case, we have um, uh, Israel. Ten of its tribes have been separated. They've been at war. They're at the lowest place ever. They're in their despair. And this is when Isaiah says, don't worry. God's going to make everything good. The, the desert will, will blossom with every possible beautiful plant and flower and tree, fruitfulness. And then he goes further and says, in fact, the day is coming, says the Lord. The day is coming when the Messiah will bring about a new reality. And you will see all kinds of sights and wonders. For example, the lame will walk. The blind will see, the mute will, will speak, the deaf will hear, lepers will be cleansed, people will be raised from the dead. It's a new era. It's coming. Second reading echoes it in a more personal way directly to the Christians. But then the gospel today is the fulfillment of that in Jesus. And, and this is interesting. Some homework for you is read the beginning of Luke and the beginning of, of Matthew and look at the relationship of Jesus with John the Baptist. In the Gospel of Luke, they're cousins. They know each other, clearly. I mean, John j jumped in the womb of his mother when Jesus came into the room, in his mother's womb. Matthew, it doesn't even look like he knows him. It's, it looks like John the Baptist has heard of him, but this is what he tells his disciples. He's in prison. Two of his disciples come to visit him, and he says, Go to, the, go to see this Jesus and ask him this question, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait another one? Hmm. So, when they go there to Jesus, Jesus answers and says this, well, you go back to John and tell him what you saw and what you heard. And what you, what you heard is, and what you see is, that the deaf will hear, the mute are speaking now, 
The lame are jumping up and dancing. They're doing cumbias. The, 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 the blind are seeing. Dead are coming back to life. And the good news is being preached to them. The kingdom of God is at hand. Here it is. So that's our scriptures laid out for us today. I'm adapting everything I'm going to say. I'm going to just say one other thing that I said before, and that's it. Because it, it just made it so concrete for me. When I was uh, 31 years ago sent to my second parish as a priest, St. Mark's in Venice, I had the blessing to be assigned with another associate, uh, his name Father Guillermo Rodriguez, who's retiring this year, in fact, in December. He's about seven years older than me, and uh, he was from El Salvador. And he came here from El Salvador because he uh, just missed being assassinated two times. This man could not shut up. When he saw injustice and saw what the government was doing, he had to speak up. So his bishop said, leave. Go to Los Angeles. Get out of here because you're going to be dead. And we need you. We need your voice. So he left. Came to L.A. So he's just here a few years, and I got to be with him. And I remember we were talking one day, and, and I was politically an idiot. I didn't know much about what was going on. And, um, you know, I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. And so he said to me one day, he said, Perry, you don't understand. About half of our population has not lived one day of their life without war in their land. Not one day of their life have they lived without the war going on. They've known war every single day. I couldn't comprehend it. I realized what a privileged people we are in this country. Oh, our government is not perfect. We've got corruption. We're, we're in a mess right now. All kinds of things wrong. But basically, we have a solid constitution, hopefully. Basically, um, our government works. It, it was well constructed. Basically, we have a voice and have a lot of important freedoms. Basically, we have some financial security, although this is maybe one of the worst times in a long time. But basically, we are pretty blessed, and we don't have war on our land. Oh, yeah, we've been involved in Afghanistan for 18 years. Syria's exploded. Everything. There's a lot of problems all over the world. But, but we get up and go to bed every day in relative peace. We are consumed by consumerism. I get that. And probably that may be one of our biggest problems that we tend, I think, to put our trust in material stuff and security that comes in the shape of money, that green stuff. We, we tend to feel safer and secure and have more choices when we've got that stuff. So our problem, I think, is going down to that level of the spiritual, really getting down there. Because when you're comfortable and feel safe, you don't really need to do it in the same way. You know, you, it, we could have nice spiritual thoughts and pray, and, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging us or anything. I'm just saying it's difficult. It's difficult for me to preach. Advent's one of the hardest seasons for me to preach because I, I, I say, let's long for the Lord at the end of time, whenever that will be. Uh, 2,000 years ago, we came, and we should get excited about the birth of Jesus. And we do once we see the little manger scene. But, but, but the message of Advent is open your hearts right now to the Lord. 
How many ways can you say it and, and, and hope that it has an effect? So that's where we're at. And I suppose when I say God's got our back, you say, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure he does. But, God, I need another hundred bucks or, you know. So here we are. We've got these confirmation youth, second year. They're going to be confirmed in a few months. Are you ready? Do you even want it? I'm serious. I'm serious. I know that some of you are here only because your parents forced you. Only. And, and, and you hate it. I get it. But I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. I was a teenager once, and I knew everything, I thought. I knew everything, I thought. You don't know everything. You don't. And I'll tell you, you've got a huge congregation of adults around here who are fully initiated, who have baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, and they're grateful they do. All of these sponsors over here, you can't be a sponsor in the church unless you have baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. We know what it, 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 what it opens the door to for us. But we also know that if we get fully initiated, keep growing in our faith, something changes. Now, I'll tell you a little story today. There's two men in this church. I think they're here. You'll see them outside. They came up to me after Mass. I noticed one uh, had uh, a leg missing. He was on crutches. But then uh, after Mass, two of them came up, and one an amputee and, the other, and missing an arm and the other one uh, missing a leg. And they're both from Honduras. And they were on their way up here to try to get asylum, and they were injured on a train and, and lost these limbs. And so they got here to L.A. I don't know how. I didn't hear that part of the story. I read the letter from Bishop uh, O'Donnell who, who asked if churches could be open to them. So I said they can speak at the Spanish Mass, but not the English because it's just going to be too difficult. But I'm going to speak on their behalf. They are here because they desperately are longing for freedom. They are here, they risk their lives, and they've lost limbs. They're maimed for the rest of their lives, and now they are depending purely on the charity of others. Purely on the charity of others. So we can't say, Lord, get my back. Let me tell you, there's two people here who are saying that, Lord, Get my back. Help me out here. So they came up to me pleading, and I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. So when you go out today, you'll see them in front, and I hope that you'll be kind to them because they desperately need some help. And this is what fulfills what these scriptures said today. John said, are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? And he says, basically, he says, yeah, I'm the one. I'm the Messiah. Here's, here's the report. Here's how you know. Look, the blind see, the mute speak, the deaf hear, uh, the lepers are cleansed, the lame are getting up and dancing. And then at the end of this passage, he says the most remarkable thing. He says this. Let me tell you something about this John. He said, of all the people who have ever walked on this planet, he is the greatest man ever lived. The greatest. But the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Who are the least in the kingdom? It's you and me. 
Now, unfortunately, Brixton isn't least in the kingdom yet, but he's on his way. The moment he's baptized, Jesus says, he's greater than, yes, you. He says, he'll be greater than John the Baptist. And why? Because we get a chance to taste the kingdom of God. We get a chance to say, I believe in it. I want it to grow in me. As a kingdom person, we can do all kinds of things. We can help two gentlemen who are desperate. If you read the LA Times today, second day in a row, Steve Lopez is informing us that almost 1,000 homeless have died just this year alone. 960, something like that. 1,000 homeless have died. And there's another 60,000 on the street. Really? In Los Angeles, in the United States of America? Something wrong there. But what if, I was trying to do some math real quickly, there must be 3,000 Christian churches. In, when I was in South Central, there were six on the block. There are thousands of churches. Los Angeles has alone 300 Catholic parishes. What if only 2,000 said they were willing to house for one year while the government starts building some places five people, two families, to, to take care of their rent for a year. Or if they had apartments, individuals in the parish, that we would be willing to lessen the rent and, and, or, or supply it just for a year, whatever. Could we wipe out 60,000 people on the street? I think we could. I think the Christians alone could do it. But what if the Jews and the Christians and the people of Islam and Buddhists and everybody said, listen, we're people of faith. We all believe in this kingdom of God. There's a Christian way of looking at it, a Jewish way of looking at it, a Buddhist way of looking at it. We all believe in this kingdom of God, and we belong to this kingdom of God, so what are we going to do about it? And when you get fully initiated, that's what it means. I'm committed. I'm committed. I want something to happen. And that's why John, Jesus says, John's the greatest, but even little Brixton has more opportunity than John did because he's going to taste the kingdom of God come alive in him. Come alive in him. Today, we're going to do two little ceremonies. The first one is with our confirmation people. This is their commitment to the journey because they're coming closer. I'm not sure they all taste it yet, but I'm just praying that they will because the whole difference on that confirmation day is how open they are to taste the kingdom of God come alive in them. They don't have to understand it completely. They don't understand it completely. I don't understand it completely. But to taste it, to want it, is everything.